Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Pick it, pick it. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they sing sardines. I have a dreadful admission to make. Have we started? We've started. Oh, oh dear. At this point, you say to me, what is it? Yeah, what is it? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> we can't start like that. I yes, mean, that's I, good. I can't. I'll tell that's you. Good. I'll tell you in a minute when I've made all are the you, official. Are you, sort of, are you leaving whatever listeners we've got in suspense then? Yes. Or suspense? Suspense is our friend in Portugal that we had drivers yes. around at. It was the Euro. When the Czechs won it, wasn't it? It was the Euros that we first met, yeah. I think. Uh, anyway. Um, welcome, wherever, where, welcome <laughs> wherever in the world Bit of good you're start. listening to this podcast. <laughs> My name is Richard Keyes. This is Andrew Bollingray. I, I just I was thinking this morning before we started. Have you spent as much time this year? Do you think in lockdown as you have out? Ooh, that's close. I think it's yeah. very close. You know, I think it's close. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I really do. definitely, <laughs> definitely. Wow, I never thought about that. You've really cheered me up. How's your knee? <laughs> Knee's good. Had manipulation done um, on what day? We lose track of the days. A couple of days ago, and I was sort of five hours on this little machine that just bent my knee. So um, good. It uh, feels good. Feels strong. So I shall be with you next Wednesday. Good. Look forward to that. Um, yeah. Football, of course, set to become an international event and focus as we look forward to the Euros. Uh, we will be with you with the podcast right through. Uh, we shall also be enjoying the Euros, of course, on B in Sports and trusting that if you're in mm. our part of the world and you can um, legally watch our output, um, then then do please join us. You can follow us here on Insta and Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod, A-N-D, Keys and Grey Pod. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. That does help others find us. And do share the link as well. Uh, the more, the merrier. Uh, we had a terrific reaction, Andy, to the show last week on two counts. First of all, our chat with the Liverpool Metropolitan Mayor, Steve Rotherham. Yes, yeah, Steve, On the yeah. continued injustice 
for the disaster of Hillsborough, the 96 yeah. who died, the victims and families. Uh, thanks, all of us. Um, I, I think we're, at the time we're keen to point this out, but equally, thank you also for, for getting in touch and pointing out that this is a Merseyside issue. Blue and yeah. red divisions are set aside. This is about the Merseyside family and attitudes yeah. of the people on Merseyside in general. Uh, please do go back and have a listen. And, of course, we also spoke with Glenn Hoddle, who, <coughs> I, I mean, I said to you, Andy, I love talking to. I think you do too. I think we almost yeah. called it as well the Champions League final. Um, lots mm. of comments picked up from the podcast appearing in the Sunday press as well. Uh, it's always an absolute pleasure to talk to Glenn. Uh, each week, we uh, take a look at um, listeners in a certain part of the world. Um, this week, going to change it slightly, Andy, and take a country that's playing in the Euros. So here are your clues. I'm oh. in Western Europe. Right. Okay. I have Dutch-speaking Flanders to the north and French-speaking Wallonia to the south. I have a royal family. Switzerland. Mm, no, I'm one of the richest countries in the region. You could also have said Switzerland when I delivered that clue. I'm playing in yeah. Group B. Oh, no. My first match is against Russia. I am Belgium. Ah. So, ah. Um, so the favourites. And welcome to all our listeners in the kingdom of Bel Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Do you want my admission now? Go on. I dreamt. I about, can't wait any. I can't wait any longer. I dreamt about Rafa last <laughs> night. Oh, my goodness. That's not a dream. That's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was talking with somebody yesterday, yesterday yep, being yep, Thursday, yep. and I was saying I was a little surprised that he hadn't really started yet uh, making noises about the Everton job. Jamie Carragher did early in the week in The Telegraph in his column, uh, suggested that Benitez would be the man to, to succeed Ancelotti. But nothing else until, until overnight, ironically, um, a rash of stories uh, placing him amongst those that Everton are allegedly interested in. Mm. Uh, we will be talking, uh, our first guest today, we'll be talking Everton in just a moment. But, uh, on, on, I mean, you're an, obviously an Evertonian. Andrew, uh, Rafa Benitez, thoughts? Um, well, I think, first of all, there, there, there are others I probably would rather have than Rafa, if I'm being absolutely graphically honest with you. <laughs> but if, if Everton have to appoint a manager regardless of who he's coached, um, to take Everton anywhere near where they should be, um, then I wouldn't be against that, regardless if he's coached across the road, across Stanley Park or not. Um, but, and there's always a but. I mean, there are many great players that have played for both sides and been respected by both sides mm -hmm. um, down the years. Um, so would it make any difference if it was a coach? Um, but I'm not so sure that Rafa is the right man for the job. I have to be honest with you. Um, he hasn't exactly pulled up trees since he left Anfield all those years ago. Um, many opportunities. Um, I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't excite me, Keezy. Put it that way. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying, yeah, Rafa's thinking about taking over the goodness and that, that should be fantastic. If you're really yes. honest, if you're really honest, Go on, then. it horrifies you. Well, I, I maybe wouldn't go as far as horrifies. I mean... It doesn't excite me. Let's just put it that way. No. I'm not sitting here this morning thinking, <laughs> yes, you beauty. We're about to announce Rafa as our manager. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, no. No, I, not not for me. I, th I think the two favourites have to be Nuno. Um, yeah. Who I I did say in a blog, Andy, 10 days ago before Ancelotti left. I mean, I, I, mm. the, whatever was supposed to happen plainly didn't. And, and Ancelotti ultimately has, has made, I think, for him the right decision. And I actually think for Everton the right decision because they need to go again. 
depends now whether they're prepared to back the next manager. Yeah. Because I, 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 I don't see... I mean, they've spent a lot of money. They've wasted yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Wasted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you go Nuno and hope he hasn't fallen out with Mendes and that there's a raft of young Portuguese still still available? Um, mm-hmm. Or, and, and, and they have spoken... Uh, Who's your other one then? Moisey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, w- I would much prefer either of those to the previous man we've spoken about this mm. morning. That's an absolute certainty. Um, I think what, what Everton have got to be careful about, what we have got to be careful about, Keys, is I, I can remember clubs through the years, and, and Man City were one, like a basket case. I'll tell, when... tell you what, again, leave it what? hanging. Leave it hanging. Let's, let's discuss right. it with our first guest today. Let me just... Right. One or two other little stories. I just, I'd rather... I'd rather uh, it's Joe Royal, the last man to deliver silverware mm. at, at Goodison. And Joe, uh, I mean, uh, as much as you have blue blood, Andy, so too he does. And, and you both, oh, of course, did the same job there, wearing nine. Um, yeah. uh, Gareth Southgate's uh, uh, original choice uh, of, of Euros bemused me. I, I, I mean, four right-backs. Mm. I mean, really? Uh, he went on to say in his press conference when he made this decision, we have four players who sometimes play at right-back with their clubs. Uh, no, Gareth, you have four players who always play at right back with their clubs. <laughs> and I thought, I really thought in the time he'd been England manager, he might grow a pair and make big decisions. Uh, there was no need to, I, I, I mean, Trippier, for instance. Really? Um, I know he had a good tournament last time, but, or, or Trent Alexander Arnold. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, now as it turns out, he's injured. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Gary Lineker. I, I hope he was misquoted saying that he's the best attacking fullback in the world and losing him is a big blow for England. Um, uh, as, as Gareth Southgate's men now can't win the Euros. What? What? What, because Trent Alexander-Arnold's there? Well, exactly. There. I mean... Uh, he might not have started. He might not start. He might not have started the first I, game. I just Trent. don't get it. Listen, I, like you, I, I was really, really surprised, really surprised when I heard, I heard four right-backs announced. Now, I know Gareth will say, well, I, I, I'm protecting myself. If I play three at the back, I can play Walker as a right-sided centre-back, which I did in the last major tournament. I get that. But you don't need four right-backs. I'm sorry. No. If you're, if you're going to win, win a tournament, it will be because your, um, your, your players who create, your creative players, and everyone will say, well, Trent Alexander creates. Yes, he does at Liverpool. More so probably than he does at England. But... The other three, maybe not so. Um, what will happen is you, you'll win it because you've got an abundance of crea- creative players and front men that could change a game and win a yeah. game for you. And I you also, know, I, I would rather have dropped a centre-half, a, a right-back, and played and brought in, let's say, Ollie Watkins. Why not? Well, the, What's your downside in that? The one who was on the cusp of being named, and I think probably will be now, we're recording Friday, I think uh, Southgate will, will, will tinker with the squad and, and make his announcement Sunday night. But you've got, you've got a player who's on fire at club level who changes games. Put him on after 60 minutes and Jesse Lingard might just turn a match that you're struggling in. Mm. And certainly yeah. more so than any of the four right-backs that he mentioned. The other thing, Andy, yeah. I, I just... I mean, how many times? I'm, I, and here's another name I know that you're going to bulk out, but I'm with Gabby von Lahore on this. Um, there's no <laughs> way Maguire and Jordan should be in this squad. Why? Because they're injured. I mean, well, how many times do we yes. have to do this before at some point somebody's going to say, if you're fit, I can play you're you. Fit. If you're not, 
it's a risk, and I don't well, want to I take think, it. I think with Harry Maguire, I don't know what, what the extent of Harry Maguire's injury is, but you know, if you're Harry Maguire, he's played more football than anyone. Um, if he's going to be fit, he's going to be fit. You, I think you have him in the squad. He, he's he's a big influence, a massive influence in that England squad at the back. He's the key. He's the first person he would pick in a back four, back five. I would pick him. Jordan Henderson is different, and I agree with you. When you've played as little football as Jordan, as little football as Jordan, and you're coming to a major tournament with fuller rust, and he will be rusty. There's absolutely no doubt. And he won't be anywhere near up to speed. You cannot get up to speed in a tournament. So I'm really surprised at Henderson. So there are two decisions I kind of went, wow. Um, they're either big decisions he made or he ducked them. Well, one of the two. Uh, he, for me, he, it's he, the latter, Andy. Show, because it, Did he and, show too much loyalty? Well, I just don't think he. I, I don't think he showed the courage that was required, and and that for me was evident when he named the four fullbacks. That that was the moment when he could have said, "Right, I'm in charge. I'm happy to make decisions. In fact, I love making decisions. I've got to disappoint one or two. Trent, sorry, you're not coming, um, mm -hmm. or or Kieran, um, or maybe both." Um, but that set the trend for me. Anyway, apologies to the other home nations that we haven't discussed. We will, I promise you, oh, going forward yeah, during will. the tournament. Uh, Especially it, after our magnificent result in, in Holland the other night. Absolutely. <laughs> who's robbed as well, by the way. Whose manager's robbed. a little confused as to the players he's got in his squad, but there we are. Um, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, not, first of all, it was, it was uh, Aguero's brother, now his father, uh, has accused Pep Guardiola of being insincere when he broke down in tears after the Argentine strikers' Manchester City farewell. I, I have what to say... What do you make of that? Andy, you weren't here. I, I, I was almost behind the... I was embarrassed for Guardiola because I knew, like, like, like most people close know, it, it was nonsense. I don't believe his tears, said his dad. For me, he never wanted Kun. He always wanted to be the main man. Um, from day one, you know, he changes the players, he changes the midfield. You never know what the main choice of player is or not. As Sergio said, things happen at the club and they depend on the manager at the moment. Uh, my son was waiting right up to the last moment to renew with City, but it didn't happen. He didn't know what was going to happen with his future. There were several clubs interested in signing him. One of them, I wanted it to be Manchester City. So did he. Now you can say, OK, he's gone and he's looking to try and keep friendly with, with the Manchester City fans. But no, I, 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 I mean, no. It, it, it's always about Guardiola. And and, yeah. and and in that moment, those tears, he made it about himself rather more than, yeah. than, than Aguero's yeah. departure, which he engineered. Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, listen, we know from day one when he arrived, he, he, he's, what was it, criticism? Remember he left Guardiola, he left Aguero out saying mm. he has to do more, he has to run about more, he has to give me more, he has to press more. And I'm thinking, you've got arguably the best front man there's been in Premier League. He's certainly up there in the top half a dozen that we've ever seen in Premier League history. And you want him to run about and chase people down the channels and close close people down. And he did try and change him. Now, Aguero did alter a little. I'm sure he did. But at the end of the day, Aguero's qualities made Guardiola pick him time after time after time after time. And I'm sure if Jesus, and I mean this, I think if Jesus had come in and hit the ground running in a way that Guardiola wanted him to, I think uh, Aguero would have played less and less Agreed. after he arrived. Agreed. I Absolutely. do. I do. So, and, I, and I think Aguero is so good that Guardiola had to accept, you know what? It doesn't matter if he doesn't run about as much as anyone else because I know when he gets a chance, he's going to take it. Well, um, uh, the best part of 1.4 billion since he last won it and uh, probably another 
350 million. Will that get oh, Kane dear. and Grealish this summer? I'll get both, yeah. I would think so. Well, One, 350, yeah. Yeah, we'll get them. Would it get them a Champions League? Well, how many more <laughs> chances do you want before you actually uh, uh, stop trying to be overly clever? Um, big opportunity. Big, big Mass- opportunity, mister. Big. Yeah. Yeah, and it, listen, it didn't surprise me. Uh, they did a number on him, Chelsea. Brilliant number. We, we predicted it on the, on the show with Glenn and you and myself. We talked about how the game might flow. It went exactly as we thought. Frustrate the life out of them. Nick a goal and say, are you good enough? They weren't. And to bring Aguero on with like five, ten minutes to go, I mean, uh, to me, it was... Mm. And the side effect, we could go in there that all day. We could talk about it all night. How you do it? Why you do it? He did it against Lille last year. Messed about, fiddled about, changed the system. It was working. Got done in the semi-final. This year he waited to the final. I, I quite staggered. If I was Rodri, can I just say this? See, if I was Rodri, I'm Rodri. I've played in every big game this season. Everyone. I've been a major part of how we've got to the semi-final. The final. I've been a major part of winning the Premier League. I've been a major part in the pursuit of a quad that we didn't quite get to. And you turn up to me the day before the final of the Champions League and say, you're not playing. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I think you would, you, would, you would paint the walls blue in more ways than one um, by that decision. I, 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 if I was Rodri, I, just, I would not be able to sit down and accept that decision. No. It for, was for the betterment of the team because it wasn't, in my opinion. Well, you, you, you also, I mean, Fernandinho, Andy. Uh, listen, we, again, as you say, we could talk about it all day long, but too clever. Uh, it it yeah. al- always is, and, and 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 I think Aguero's dad's right. It's always got to be about him. Had it come off, you know, all those that genius. were talking about. Genius. Well, you, you know, I, 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 but that would have been it. Would have been. Well, had it come off, it'd be genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the press. I mean, that- you, you got the most damning statistic from that final. It's only one I'm going to say. The most damning statistic: ninety-six minutes of football. That, that arguably. The, the team touted as being the, one of the best attacking sides in the world had one shot on target. The keeper, Chelsea keeper, Mendy, had one save. How can that be? One save. Let's talk about developments elsewhere in the Northwest, where Everton this week uh, were, were comfortable mm. with the assurances that uh, Carlo Ancelotti gave them, I think, Saturday, the day of the Champions League final. Um, <laughs> it's flattering to be linked with other jobs. It's good for me and Everton, but I'm staying here, said Ancelotti, um, whilst knowing full well that he was leaving on the Sunday. And he did. Let's talk to the last man to deliver silverware at Goodison Park, Joe Royal. Joe, how are you doing? Doing fine, mate. Weather in England's brilliant at the moment. Um, we have a, a kind of football being played or, or just finished and uh, looking forward to next season, hopefully proper football. Right, well, let, let me explain how this works so you don't drop yourself in the shit. This is like yeah. having dinner in Port yes. Adriano. There's just me, you and Andy yes. and, and yeah. very few yes. others. Just the, the closest tables to us can hear. Whatever we say now is is really going to be kept amongst ourselves, so so yeah, we can no relax in that respect. No, um, no I'm sat in Qatar, Joe. Andy's in the UK recovering from uh, manipulation on his knee replacement. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and by the way, can I just say, Keezy, I'm looking out my window. The weather's not as good down in the Midlands as it is up Liverpool, obviously. <laughs> well, no, of course, north of I'm Liverpool, covered in cloud, Joe, down here, covered in cloud. <laughs> hey, by the way, Big Run's just had his knee done as well. 
oh, you're joking, is he? Oh, no. Well, he'll yeah. be able to play again, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, he's still a legend with the RAF. <laughs> and what I loved about her, just a question, you know what I loved about her, Big Rod, Joe, yeah. when I used to work with him, obviously, and you and I knew him really well, was yeah. I used to say to him, what was your nickname as a player? You know, and, and Rod always conjured up when you watched him training as if he was a silky cultured footballer, right? Yeah. And I had never seen him play. And somebody said to me, he used to be nicknamed the Tank. The Tank, <laughs> said, <yeah. "What? laughs> The Tank. It doesn't exactly conjure up subtlety. <laughs> By the way, uh, Andy, we, we, we were talking last week and uh, it came on to Rodney Marsh, you know, and I said, I, I like Rodney. You know, I actually enjoyed playing with Rodney. He said, Joe, he said, we never had too many problems with him. Uh, and he, he said, you know, the, the, when he played against us, he said, we, we went man for man and put our quickest man on him and all that. There's no problems. I said, Ron, when the fuck did the RAF play QPR? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He'd oh, love he did. <laughs> I liked Frank McClintock's, uh, I liked Frank, uh-huh. Frank's story about Rodney when asked on Soccer Saturday uh, by Jeff, what was he like to play against? And McClintock <laughs> looked a little bemused and said, well... I don't know. He played most of his football in the lower leagues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Joseph, how are you this morning? I'm okay, mate. Bit, bit stiff, you know, but that's normal of a morning. And uh, uh, back trouble and knee problems and all that, but just getting old, mate. By the way, you sound as if you get as many troubles as our club right now. Well, there's there's the first question, Joe. Um, as the last man to deliver silverware, when do you think there will be a time when the next man will deliver silverware? You, you can't say, Andy, because quite seriously, if you'd have said at the start of 94-95 season we're going to win the FA Cup, I'm sure you would have been taken away, you know, because they were <laughs> bottom of the table and uh, the players were there, but they weren't playing. So, you know, quite honestly... I would love to say, oh, we're going to win something very, very soon. I, I just don't know. Uh, prior to you joining us, we were discussing the vacancy. Um, there, there is one high-profile possibility. Uh, Rafa Benitez still lives in the area. Has it got to be someone that's had a touch of the ball at Goodison? Can it be someone who understands Merseyside football? Uh, at this point, were you able to influence the next call? What would your thoughts be? <laughs> Huh. I, I honestly don't know. It's been such a disappointment, really. I, I thought Carlo, you know, was such a high profile. Uh, everybody loved him. I mean, we both yeah. knew mm-hmm. marvellous Ray Wilkins, and Ray always spoke glowingly of him. He did, yeah. The cultural yeah. attaché for Heighton said he's great, <laughs> you know. So, you know, so, I mean, I honestly thought then this is, this is the start of something good. The, the, summer, the summer signings, were, were decent. They all improved the side. You know, n- nothing glamorous. Godfrey has gone on and on and play, will, will play for England. So, you know, you must say the transfers have been better because prior to that, I, I felt that the the transfer window at Everton hadn't been good at all. You know, it's been a long time since they brought someone in that turned your head. So, I, it, I, I think we're all still slightly bewildered at what's happened. And, the, you yeah. know, it's... Uh, I don't know who Rafa Benitez will be mentioned. He, of course, would have to deal with the fact that he has uh, managed rather closely over the park. 
you know, and then, you know, would, would immediately be branded by some as a double agent, you know, the, the, the minute things went badly. Yeah, um, so, of course, so, I know. You know, so there's all that to consider. Um, the, the one who is being talked about at the moment is the ex-Wolves manager, Esperito Santo. Yeah, um, who who did marvelously well, and I would think you you know the Midland feelings better than me, but uh, I, I would think that they'll be, still be wondering what's gone wrong there. Yeah, so, uh, Joe, I tell you what worries me, Joe, right now is that you know after all those years of stability uh, uh, with David there, with David Moyes being there, right? We've gone from a team that appointed a coach, give him back, and, and and looked after him, and everything was stable, and everything was looking good. To a club who seems to be, a, I think we've had six full-time managers since then. Six. I mean, and, and I'm, and I'm, I know the bill. Surely, Joe, we've got to stop that. Surely, and find someone who's Absolutely. going to stay there. Absolutely, you know, and, and stability anywhere is a big issue. But you know, quite honestly, not all of them have been the club's fault. You know, no. David Moyes left to go to Manchester united when you know he, he was on the verge i thought of turning Everton round in a big way and moisey by the way bill chairman bill you know thought that his, his two favorite managers of all time would probably be david moise and and um martinez you know roberto martinez mm-hmm. so um if david moise were available i'm sure that you know that he would have a big chance but <laughs> at the moment it's impossible to say it it really is do they go for a young up and coming, if you can find one, do they go for a, a, a stable old timer who knows the score? You know, it, it, it's a bad. The, the only good thing about uh, about him leaving last week was the, f- the fact that it still gives the club time now to get settled, get it yeah, right. That's true. Hopefully that's true. for next season. To be fair, not long though. I mean, what have we got? Month, six weeks. The back trainer? Yeah, but it's better than the week prior to the start of the season, isn't it? I mean, that's a yeah. very good point, Joe, actually, that they do now have a bit of time in order to to, 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 yeah. to get their heads together and decide what... what they, I, I, I just... It's a club, as you know, I have a, a, a deep respect and affection for, and it from a position whereby I genuinely thought three or four seasons ago, what they the business they'd done put them on the cusp of being able to say, look, we can compete now. And, and again, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking look beyond just competing with Liverpool. But that's the first step, isn't it? We can compete now with Liverpool. And in the time that's passed, they seem miles away again. Yeah. Richard, Andy, when when um, when David Moyes left, we just finished two points clear of Liverpool in the league. Hmm. Didn't know that. Well, check it, mate. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and that at that time, I mean, Liverpool made not... A lot of signings, but considerable signings that made a difference. People like Van Dijk came in, you know, yeah. and, and, and then, the, you know, Salah and players like that. And we still haven't got that. You know, the, the, the sad thing is I look at Everton, and the first thing that notices me is there's no real pace in the team. No, exactly. But Joe, whose fault's that? You, we talked. You talked about you know it's not always the coach's fault. So whose fault has that been over these last? I, I, I'm going to say, I'm guys. I'm, I'm, I mean, you're talking about when Cumin went, Richard. They spent so much money of him. They gave him that. They invested it. They spent forty-five million on Gilfie Sigurdsson and players like that, and went out and and laid out a shed load of money. So whose fault is that? That I can't think of anybody, Joe. I mean, this season, 
the recruitment, I think, has been better. I, I agree with you. I think the people like Ben, God, ben Godfrey, for me, has been just, what a sign, and that kid has been. But yeah. too few too few of them. So is it is it the coach? Is it brands? Is it a combination of both? I, I honestly don't know the inner workings of the team as to who signs up. Marcel Brands will have a big say. You know, his job, whether you call it director of football or, or head technical coach or head of recruitment no matter what you know Marcel will have a say in this I'm sure you know but before that you know there, there was uh, Steve Walsh as well so I don't quite know at the moment which system they're working for that way will the chairman have a say in it you know will um, I, I don't know a lot of the scouting is done these days also by computer <laughs> yes of course <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah yeah money ball yeah. And, uh, and, and it's yeah it's equivalent. And it's successful when it's good. I mean, you look at the, the Brentford model, albeit at a lower d- division, Brentford have been magnificent. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got it right. You know, they you know, the very, very few scouts, but it's all done by computer to start with. And, and then they both sell and buy very well. Joe, I'm waiting for the Euros to start. I haven't got a great deal to do at the moment. It's very warm where I live. So I spend most of my evenings watching YouTube <laughs> and drawing up old football matches I watched this week yeah. the game was at Old Trafford the 2-1 Borley put you in front Liverpool eventually yeah. won it uh, Pat yeah. Partridge wasn't refereeing that night but might as well have been um, <laughs> 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 what, what, what was Borley like to be around and to play with vibrant lit the place up the minute he came in the room everybody smiled he never had a bad day he had an occasional bad day but even then it was funny when he did so we, we all laughed. He, he was quite simply the best player we all played with. And we knew that. You know, we knew that. The, the Kendall Ball Harvey thing is great. But, yeah. you know, Ball, Ball, he was the mainstay in that, you know. And what he could do, he had a rare talent to be able to run a game. You know, he, he could go on a pitch and dictate the pace of a game. Very few can do that. Now, I've seen very few since that can do it. But, um, no, but Ball, he was a special player. Did he fall out with Harry, Harry Catrick? Why would he have left, did you? Why? I've always wondered. I hear various stories. Obviously, I've heard various stories about why he left, how he left, what were the reasons? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And um, uh, there were the, the rumours at the time that both United and City were into him. You know, Alan wasn't a great gambler. Um, as I say, he, he probably gambled too much. There were rumours about money and so forth. I, I couldn't justify yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I would love to tell you, Andy, but I, I don't know. We, I can remember it like yesterday, sat in the canteen, and he's been called into the boss's office, you know, the little office at the end. Yeah, yeah. Barely, barely qualifies as a cell. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, he came out with a tear in his eyes, and all he said was, I'm off. Oh, yeah, oh, where are you going this week? You know, is he sending you abroad for a few days? No, I'm off. And that was it. That was it. That was his goodbye. Oh. I noticed you said Kendall Ball Harvey. Is that correct? That, that's how they should always be referred to, is it? Only right to left. Kendall. If, if you're left-handed, Harvey Ball, Kendall, take your pick. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I was also watching Johnny Morrissey smash people about. What sort of character was he? Johnny was great, very underrated, very skillful, very quick. Was was um, obviously the the legend is that he was sold by Liverpool when Shanks was on holiday. 
And when when Shanks came back, he had a complete sense of humour failure over it. He wasn't happy at all. And um, and, and Johnny was electric over 10 yards. Yes, he could be physical. He was scared of nobody. You know, he he was one of the three in Jack Charlton's book. And and that that's well known, but what a player. Oh. Yeah. Do we know the other two? Peter Osgood and Emily Hughes. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy. Wow, that's a good one. Oh, no, Ozzy yeah. could be naughty, couldn't he? Yeah, he Ozzy was be. a naughty boy. Oh, yeah. no, Jack Charles' book had Emlyn Hughes in it. Yeah. When did they, where would they have come together? Don't really, know. On a pitch. Don't know. Do you remember the Don't fuss me. at the time when Jack said, I've got, I've got this little black book and I'm waiting for these guys? <laughs> at least yeah, it was Jack, honest Jack enough was to admit great. it, wasn't he? We, we played Leeds soon after that, you know, and... Uh, <clears throat> We we used to have a corner routine. I'd I'd come off Andy to as if I was running round the back, yeah, and then then duck back in, and we're playing leads. And uh, anyhow, as as I'm du- coming round again, you know, I've gone to head the ball, probably missed it completely, or <laughs> gone over the bar or something. But I heard, uh, <clears throat> and when I turned round, Jack was on the floor with Johnny stood over him, carrying <laughs> the little black book, you know. <laughs> 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 the things you could get away with, Joe, in those days, you know. Well, now, yeah, the, yeah. the VAR would be sending Johnny off. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Andy, you know, it, 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 before I got in the side on a regular basis, Johnny used to mark Ron Yates at corners. Oh. Honestly. He used to mark Ron Johnny, Yates. John, Johnny used to mark Ron Yates at corners, and he'd just block him all the time. Yeah. You know, Ron wouldn't get a run at the ball, which he needed. Bless him, the big man. But he, he, he Johnny used to mark Ron Yates at corners. <laughs> now, when you think of the size difference, it tells you yeah. Johnny was a, Johnny was a tough player. But too much is made of that because he was very skillful, and I have a lot to thank him for. Yeah, and often that is the case with 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 uh, the alleged hard man, Norman Hunter, Joe. Uh, Norman, I played Sooness. with what 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 a left foot, Suey, great great player. You know, great Norman. Norman was unfortunate that Bobby Moore was was, yes. was the top international yes. player because week after week Norman as a defender, you know, and I played with him three years at Bristol City, was just so consistent, so strong, and yes, there was the occasional touch of naughtiness, but oh. you know, you, you could add Pele to that as well if, if yeah. you're going to be, you know. Yeah. So there, there's, but what a player Norman was. Indeed. I'm very sad, I'm very sad. He, he, excuse me. He had leukemia at the end, and that contributed towards his, you know, his COVID passing. And uh, I miss him. I miss him. Yeah. I saw Big Norman at Leeds, you know, only last year. And uh, yeah, the big man's met. Sadly, there's yeah. too many Joe that we're we're, yeah. we're we're starting to miss. But in, in, in closing, I'll, I'll get Andy to tell you a story about Norman Hunter, young, fiery Scottish oh, Scottish no. centre forward comes down, finds himself up against the legend that is Norman Hunter. And 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 you really pissed him off, Andy, didn't you? Well, no, I was playing for Scotland. I was playing for Scotland under-21s, Richard. It was up at uh, in, in Glasgow, and we played Leeds in a game. And I'm not kidding, Joe, so I'm playing against Norman Hunter. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm thick, I'm 18, 17, 18. So the ball comes up to me, and it's I come off Norman, and I go to control it. And obviously the pitches in those days, George, you'll remember yeah. very well. They're not, yeah. they're not the smoothest. Well, so the ball sat up, right? And as Norman came in behind me, it kind of hit the top of my foot, spun up in the air, went over Norman's head, 
<laughs> and of course, I'm young and keen, so I spent, oh, no. get, the, get the football, and I go and I have a shot at goal, <laughs> and then goalie makes a good save, and Norman comes storming up to you, says, you little bastard, if you do that again, I'm going to kick the fuck out of you. I said, I, did, I didn't mean it, and Norman, I said, it was an accident, I miscontrolled it. <laughs> Oh, listen, I'll tell you another one about Norman. They're playing Everton on a mud heap at Ellen Road. Uh, and Norman's arrived to tackle Howard. And Howard was the most honest, genuine, great tackler you've ever seen. Never went over the ball or, you know, or, or protected himself very well all his career. But Howard's gone to get the ball. And as he's done it, Norman has arrived ever so slightly late. Um, so, the, anyway, Howard's having treatment. They didn't quite get to the first aid men coming on, but Howard's having treatment. No, Norman's walked away from it all, as innocent as could be, and then realised there was something quite serious going on. So he, he sort of walked back towards it and said to Brian LeBone, our captain, and one of the driest, funniest people you would ever meet, he said, um, is he OK, Brian? And, and Brian said, I think he's dead. <laughs> and then walked away, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, God, those were the days. Joseph, thank you so much. I know you've got a busy yeah, morning ahead. We'll get out of your way. But um, really, really good no, to catch no, up. No, I've got, I've got a heavy morning. We're going up to the lakes for a few days. I'm going to take the dog away to the kennel soon. So uh, Enjoy. Have a yeah. good day. Life's Enjoy. a bitch. Great to talk. Thanks, Joe. And, Thanks. And, if you, and if you speak to him, say hello to the cultural attaché for me. <laughs> yes, we'll do. Yeah, hey, we'll by, the way, we'll. <laughs> yeah, by the way, of course we will. By the way. By the way. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, thank you again, Joe, who's now left us. But I, I, I actually saw that incident, Andy, the other night. It is available on YouTube. And it's such a shame because it is Howard. And, and as, as Joe said, honest as the day is long. But my goodness. He caught him. Uh, anyway, um, let's let's move on. Again, uh, there's a vacancy that um, our next guest may be able to uh, help us with, Andy, or Im- information relating to Spurs. We talked yeah. with Glenn Hoddle about it last week. Uh, four times manager of Tottenham Hotspur, three as caretaker, is our ah. next guest, uh, David Pleat. David, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm watching plenty of football through the COVID. I'm still uh, doing my bits and pieces, a little bit of uh, journalism. Uh, I've written some memoir. Uh, the manuscripts now going away to publishers. Have you? Oh, and um, I'm still looking at academy games, Division One, Division Two, and trying to look for that uh, needle in the haystack. Well, you found it once. Not well, you did find it once. Uh, you found uh, Deli Alley. Can you find them another one? It's a it's a very difficult thing. Let me tell you, without trying to be too bombastic. Uh, over the years, I have not found necessarily because everyone knows where the jewel is. Yeah. The problem is persuading other people to support your view and then to get the chairman maybe to back the view with money. Mm. And with in time, there's too many people complicated in the process of selection. In the older days, if the scout said, this is the player, this is the price, there was a process where it was done very quickly one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I feel that over a period of years, I can tell you two or three players where had we moved quicker than a tortoise, we would, <laughs> really got, we would have achieved a sign. Well, a good go, sign. go on, give us a name then. I was going to say two things there, David. Who's we and who are the players? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, Madison at 15, I saw playing an under-18 game at QPR 
and uh, anyone could see that he had eyes in the back of his head. Um, someone else suggested he was too small or not strong enough at the time, and we let it go. Um, eventually, he uh, Coventry held on to impression. He was the manager at the time. He eventually got an agent. He didn't have an agent at the time. It was a free hit. Uh, he got an agent at the time. I know who the agent was. It was the base agency. And he went to Norwich eventually for three million. And then the rest is history. Norwich yeah, to Coventry. Well. Wow. Uh, Coventry, uh, sorry, Norwich to Leicester. And um, now, interestingly enough, we're here on the grapevine that uh, Leicester might might just be prepared to do a deal for the player, but that might be grapevine. And you know I, what a great you know what a grapevine is. Yeah, I, I, is it getting more difficult, David? We, we, yeah, we know the grapevine. <laughs> David, do you know when you're, you're talking about Madison being 15? Uh, are they even getting to 15 now when, when you guys have to make a decision on whether you think they're good enough? I mean, we're talking about 10, 11, 12-year-olds, aren't we, being assessed to that extreme? Well, the whole process is frightening, the academy process. You see lovely kids, eight and nine years old, younger than that, seven years old, Saturday mornings in lovely pristine kits, their parents bringing them to the training ground, leaving them for a couple of hours, then coming back to pick them up two nights a week. We, we go, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion, we take the youngsters too young. Yes, we should let them play street ball. We should let them play on the grass and Agreed. eventually yeah. a little bit older. In my opinion, clubs shouldn't take boys until they're 14. It would be a completely new way of doing it. it wouldn't take boys until they're 14. And they wouldn't be able to sell boys, to sell boys, to trade boys until the age of 18. And that would bring some solidarity to the game because at the moment, yeah. the big clubs yeah. are just following us to the smaller clubs. Let me tell you, Aston Villa, West Brom, Liverpool, Man, uh, Aston Villa particularly, the, the last three or four clubs in the, in the uh, FA Youth Cup this year all had four or more players who had been bought from lesser clubs. <laughs> well, that's not the idea, is it? The days that I remember watching youth team football, you you had, well, well, I mean, Coventry were one of the first, David, as you know. They had a, a very good and very vibrant academy. My goodness, I could be here all morning talking about players that came through the system and, and were always competitive in that youth cup as mm. well, as Graham Souness found out. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, yeah, but, I mean, not these days. No, no, you, it's not a matter of really producing your own. You produce hope to produce... Uh, a Harry Kane or an Andros Townsend or a Mason. Uh, Tottenham have done particularly well, I have to say. And the trading of youth players who've come from the academy has been far more successful than players who they've traded who've come from clubs abroad, which is, is quite an interesting survey, which I've done. And I think if most people did one on their, on their parent club, they would see that certainly in terms of uh, income and expenditure or, or the sales price and the buying price, uh, they, they would have lost considerable amounts of money over the years uh, uh, buying foreign. Only the biggest clubs can buy the very, very best foreign players. If we go into the secondary market, then there is a massive loss on players from abroad. Mm. It's very, very well worth pointing out that as well, because, I, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Uh, when you say we, David, you're, you're talking Tottenham, obviously. Well, I have a particular affinity for Tottenham, and I still... <laughs> I still kind of, but I have an affinity with Nuneaton Borough and Leicester City and Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday. Not the same love as I have for, but I have a feeling about Tottenham. Tottenham's a fine club. Can I tell you something? Of all the clubs in the Premier League, 
there's only one club that so far, so far, has only got what I call British ownership. Every other club, sorry, Brighton, Brighton too at the moment. So there's only two clubs. Every other club has foreign invest- investors. And sometimes it makes an imbalance. Well, it has made an imbalance. Massive. Massive. Of course. But that club, course, David, we're talking about, um, you, you, you mentioned grapevines and persuading uh, those, those in the line of um, decision-making. Who do you think you'll be talking to about the superstars of tomorrow at Tottenham by the start of next season? Oh, well, at Tottenham particularly, the boy Oliver Skip, who's injured at the moment, he did very well at Norwich. No, 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 I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about, let's cut to the chase. Who's the manager going to be? Who's going to be in the manager's office? You know, you're in the business usually of straight talking. You know what football invites so much gossip. You know, someone once told me the only thing that matters is the results. Everything else is gossip. Yes, that's true. Yeah, well, give us, give us some gossip results. then. But in, in appointing Antonio Conti, are we not going down the same road that we previously were on with Jose Mourinho? But but the problems are greater with Conti, aren't they? Alan Sugar once said, if anyone asks you a question that you don't particularly want to answer, <laughs> tell them quite clearly that before we did the interview, you stated quite clearly that you asked a question about that particular subject. Very and easy. Very good. Case, in this particular case, you are innocent. You are innocent. <laughs> it's a very interesting... Uh, it's a very interesting dilemma, which several clubs have at the moment, because several clubs have to appoint a leader. Yeah. And the well, I mean, David, much like Everton, surely Spurs have got to get this one right. Let's talk about that. Well, let's let's say every every club hopes to get it right. The problem now is, of course, it's different. From, in our day, you could build a club. I was at Luton eight and a half years. Other people have experienced similar time spans. You had a decent chairman who gave you a chance to get on with a job. He had faith in you. It's different now. It's almost a two-year job. The, 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 the dressing rooms are packed with millionaires. The voice, after a while, becomes, uh, what's the word, rather mundane to the players. They need a new uh, stimulation. Mm. Uh, they, they, they have the power, the players. So it's far more difficult nowadays for a manager to survive probably more than a couple of years. So unfortunately, he comes in with a short-term view. He has to win something today. And the, the tomorrow has become less important. I, it, it's different. I, I like the, the thought of building a club, building from within, getting a great spirit of younger players coming through together. A bit like Manchester United, the class of 92 in that period mm-hmm. when four players emerged together, all to be good enough to play in the first team. Occasionally, clubs do have two or three players in the same era that are good enough to play in the first team. But the standard of the top clubs in, in, in England is very, very high. You know, at the start of this season, uh, Andy and Richard, I thought Tottenham would do well to get in the top six. I knew, I thought I knew, who the top four were going to be. I didn't know the order, but I could predict the top four, and I was right. Mm. After that, fifth and sixth becomes interesting. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, Tottenham finished seventh. 
So they've only finished one place out of what I predicted at the start of the season. I thought top six, number five or number six. In fact, they finished a couple of points behind West Ham, who, if you remember back, there was a classic game at Tottenham where with one minute to go or into injury time, Tottenham were 3-1 up. Yeah. And fantastic goal by Lansdowne have finished it at 3-3. It was quite an incredible game. And I've spoke to David Moyes since. He's a very good manager. And he says that was a catalyst for rejuvenating the clubs. And uh, there was a great spirit there to come from 3-1 behind and being outplayed uh, to to get two late goals. And, And, you know, it's those type of events, those type of moments that can define a season. And good luck to West Ham. But I'm saying that. Tottenham only finished a shade out of what I predicted. And, but I have to say, over a period of time, particularly the media, it's a, it's a beleaguered club because of the great history and the tradition of the club. And they feel they should always... Everyone feels that they should be at the top of the tree. And it's not easy when you haven't got the finances behind you that Liverpool, Man City and Manchester United have. So and let me ask you this, David. So, let me ask you this. Let's not talk then about the individual per se, let's talk about the character. Do Tottenham go down the same route, the same, get back on the same road as they were on and appoint someone that, that is a winner or do they look for someone that can return Tottenham to the traditional value of playing the game the way it always has been there? I, if asked, I will give a view. The other people, the people at the top, the hierarchy, will will make a decision. Whatever that decision is, an employee of Tottenham or a supporter of Tottenham has to hope that it's successful and back it. Of course. I'd rather not give you... I think you've got an idea of what I represent over my career. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Ah, David, it's just been so much fun. I know you've got a busy day ahead of you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're in the company later of the legendary Bobby Gould, aren't you? I am going to see Bobby Gould today, yeah, because he used to make me laugh because I... I loved his mixed metaphors and when he was on the talk sport. And, and of course, when he left Coventry City, I know that uh, a certain Richard Keyes is a big supporter of Coventry City. And, of course, in that time, I knew all the, the, you know, the Coventry players. He had a wonderful career and he was a lovely guy. And, of course, his son's just been appointed at Bristol City as the chief executive. Has after he really? 10 years oh, of I didn't know that. Oh, great. Who's Good. that? Jonathan? JG. Jonathan, Jonathan yeah. 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 Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, his other son is still in New Zealand and his son is, uh, he's got a grandson who's a goalkeeping coach, I think, at Altrincham, I think. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, Bobby's one of these characters. He tells me, he told me a great story. I think he was manager of Cheltenham in his swan song. And he used to say, I said to him, why have you, he left the club, I think he resigned. He said, I couldn't put up with it anymore. I said, what do you mean? He said, it was the crowd. I said, what crowd? He said, it's them six behind the trainer's box. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't take the abuse any longer. <laughs> oh, I love Bob, David. Please, uh, please give him a big cuddle for me. Yes, please. He's, yes, a, he's a lovely guy. And uh, honestly, uh, too short a time because it's a podcast. We never get the time to expand. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll say it now, David. Love to come back to you at some point and talk more about what? the things you do in the youth. And um, it, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much for talking to you us. Know what I'd like to talk to you about Keisha just Go before on. it goes. I would like to talk to you in depth. About 1985. You mean 18- wonderful? 
I've never spoken to David about that game where for so long Luton liked him were going to turf us out of the semi-final. Remember, David? And I would love I to sit and talk to him. I do indeed. I remember Foster and Donaghy uh, managing to cope with two very good strikers. One was called Andy Gray. And right <laughs> in the last minute of uh, full time, a free kick was awarded, which should never have been awarded. Oh, and, it's uh, a free kick. <laughs> you joking. Big Mick, Big Mick was all over Derek Mountfield. Come on, David. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Listen, <laughs> listen. At the time, you had blue eyes. I can't help that. I haven't mentioned eighty-seven. Andy, <laughs> Everton were our nemesis. Bill Kenwright yes. used to say to me, "You're my favourite manager," and I used to wonder why he used to say that to me. It was because Everton always speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, have a good day. Uh, have a good day, my thanks, friend. David. And as I said, please give Goldie a big cuddle. Take care. Thanks, well, David. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. <laughs> By the way, just to make clear, Andy, I did not, prior to uh, arranging to talk to David, say that yes. I would not mention who might ah. ultimately turn up in the chair in the manager's office at Spurs. <laughs> so, I mean, he's known you long enough. He's too to clever. Know. Yeah, yeah, he's too he's too clever. I mean, he, he does. Yeah. And there's so much. I mean, what a mind. We'll have to do it again, and we'll do it again for longer. Um, but uh, thank you to both Joe Royal and David Pleat today. We know our market, Andy. We're not pitching in there with the youth. We, we're going in with with. I, I, I would like to refer to it as the class bracket. By the way, it doesn't matter whether you're youth or whether you're uh, aged. It doesn't matter. If you don't like listening to players talk and coaches talk about other players mm. and players they've played with, then you don't love football. If you don't no. want to hear about Norman Hunter and Alan Ball and, and, and players like that, then why? why? Why do you watch the game? And do you know what there is in gold? Old. Ah, very good. You can and follow gold, us. Old on Insta and Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod. Keys and Grey. I always do this. Keys, A-N-D, Keys and Grey Pod. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Leave a review, please. That helps others find us and uh, share the link as well. Now that you've found us, tell your mates where we are. Uh, I look forward to spending time with you in person, Andrew, next yes. week. Fly, yeah, I'll be there Wednesday. Fly well, and I, I hope that the fact you're double vaccinated means you can come back and you don't have to lock down for another 10 days. No, I think that's right. Yeah, I've done my lockdown. I'm locked down out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you all next week. It's going to be a fascinating seven days. <laughs>
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.